What's up everybody? Welcome back to the channel. I'm super excited today. We're going to be talking about how to hire the right employees. And I got some good freaking stuff for you guys. So get your pencils ready. Before we jump into it though, I want to plug something of my own real quick. I'm building out a free, free Discord community. It is linked down in the description below. So go down there, jump into the Discord community. It is bounce house entrepreneurs, it's Christmas light entrepreneurs, it's regular entrepreneurs. But if you have any questions that you need answered, we can get you in the Discord community. What is a Discord community? Think about it like this. It's almost like a Facebook group without all the drama. Mm -hmm. It's pretty sweet. So links in the description, jump in there. Today we're gonna to be covering how to hire the right employees. Now this is a question that I get asked pretty frequently, especially from established operators that are already growing and already scaling. You start to figure out pretty quickly that you as an individual don't scale to infinity and realistically you don't scale well at all. And so once you get to the point where you're doing too many things in a day and it's like 14 hour days, you start to want to hire out those little snippets, those little pieces that you think are either easy for somebody else to do or that you hate doing. So in today's video, we're going to hit three important points. Point number one, know what you're looking for. Point number two, the interview is crucial. Point number three, know what you've got. Okay, so let's jump straight in here. Important point number one, know what you're looking for. This is a culture focus. So let's kick it off with a little question. Do you know why the people that work at Chick-fil-A are so nice? It's because they hire nice people. You know why the people at McDonald's generally aren't nice? Because McDonald's doesn't give a rip. That's not in their culture to have nice people working for them. It's in their culture to have that system, all the little drawers of burgers and everything you see in the back. That's their system is speed and efficiency. They don't care about the people. And that leads into another question. So what do you want your culture to be? Do you want to have people that are nice? Do you want to have people that are urgent? Do you want to have people that are caring? Do you want to have people that are knowledgeable? Do you want people that are sales focused? Do you want people that are operationally sound? There's a million different options here, but you need to know what the heck you're looking for before you start looking for people. So in order to answer that question of what you want your culture to be, look inward. Think about yourself. What are you excellent at? What do your clients give you compliments on? What do they, when they give you a tip, what do they say when they give you a tip? Think through all that stuff. What are the good reviews that you get? That's going to lead you to see what your strengths are. And that's what's going to lead you to be able to find out what your company culture kind of already is and where it can go. So what I want you to do is actually physically make a list of those things that you feel you're excellent at and the things that you feel that your clients come back to you for or compliment you on, literally write it out and make the list. And give this list some time. Think it through, talk to a loved one, talk to the good clients that you have, kind of snowball with other people. So after you're done making that list, I literally want you to flip the page and actually make the opposite list. Write down all the things you're weak at, all the things in your business that you don't like to do, that you're lazy on, or you think maybe causes friction between you and clients. 
That way, as you're looking for people, yes, you've got your list of strengths that can start to form your culture of your company and you can look for those pieces in people, but you also have the weaknesses so you can look to shore up some of those weaknesses by hiring those out. Establish who you are to help you get a roadmap of who you wanna find. All right, this brings us to important note number two, the interview is crucial. This is an audit of personality and skill set. Now, how to interview could be a 45 minute video in and of itself. So I'm just gonna hit on some quick key points here. So point number one is know your style, your interview style. Mine is probably what you could imagine, a little bit laid back as people would call it. But realistically, it's a conversation between me and the person, a conversation. It ebbs, it flows. Every conversation I have with any human being, whether it's an interview, a client, a family member, they're all different. They have different dynamics to them because it's a different human being. So my style is very conversational. I come to the interview with very few questions prepped about the specific person. Yes, I have the questions I ask all the time, but those are just to prompt them to get talking. Once they're talking, I just kind of flow through it like a conversation, looking for interesting parts that I wanna know more about. I know people that are very by the book, right? They have their questions they ask, they ask their questions. I know people that are hard asses. They're gonna make you sweat out every instance of every story you ever tell. That is so not me, but if that's you, badass. It doesn't matter, you just need to know your style the best way to figure it out, I hate to say this, is to go start interviewing like crazy. Just go interview, try a bunch of different stuff, see what sticks, see what's comfortable, see what flows, and see what gets results. But you gotta know your style. The next thing is one of the most powerful interview tools I've ever discovered, used, or taught, and that is tell me a story. What that means is, you're gonna ask your interview question and they're gonna give some bullshit interview answer, right? It happens 99% of the time. And it's gonna be this fluffy weird answer because they're nervous and they don't wanna say the wrong thing. And so I kind of acknowledge them, go, yeah, awesome, that sounds great. And then I say, do me a favor, tell me that story. That makes them go through the details. That makes them actually explain pieces that happened. As they tell the story, you're building a movie in your head of this instance, right? Of this scenario. As you have missing pieces to the movie, you interject, uh, real quick, let me ask you a question. Where were you when this was happening? Get the real story. It's going to give you a better idea of the real person and is seriously the number one interview tool that I use the most. I use it on interviews. I use it on my wife and families. I use it on my current employees. Tell me the story. If you want a little bit of a bigger in-depth, I've got in the description down below a podcast I recorded a very long time ago, a much different podcast than what I do now, uh, but it was all about Tell Me a Story. It's about a 10-minute podcast. It's a pretty good listen, so I linked that down in the description. Next tip, don't take notes. The interview is happening up here between you and the interviewee, not down here on your notepad while you're writing. Keep your eyes up, stay in the conversation. After they leave is when you start to take notes or if they give you the best idea you've ever heard and you wanna jot it down, badass. 
but keep your eyes up here because this is where the interview actually happens. Next tip is actually kind of a two-parter. So the first part is they should talk way more than you. It should probably be about 90% them, 10% you. The reason is it's their freaking interview. You're the one auditing them. So you're going to ask a question and they'll talk a little bit and you'll say, tell me the story. They'll start telling you the story. And in that you're listening with two ears, listening. You may want to ask a follow-up question. You may want to ask for some clarity in this place or that spot or whatever. They get to the end of the story. You may want to kind of have a little bit of a clarification where you clarify some things. It should be 90-10. Second part of that is it'll flip when you've got yourself a good candidate. When you've got somebody that you believe in that could come on board and help you out, you're going to want to flip it and you're going to want to tell some stories, especially stories that are laden with your culture, the things you care about, because those are the stories that are going to communicate that culture to them. But that comes later after you know you've got somebody that can work with you. Next tip, as you are talking, please remember this is an interview. You're not training them. Keep it to brief descriptions. Keep it to good stories, but you don't need all the freaking details. You should not be talking for 30 minutes here. Keep it short, keep it brief, and dear God, please don't train them. Remember, you're not training them. I can't stress that enough. How many interviews I've sat in where all of a sudden we're training them. They're not even hired yet. Stories, brief descriptions. And on that same note, if you start going too deep in your stories, they're gonna be smiling and nodding and uh-huh, oh, oh yeah, oh, oh, badass. You can start telling stories and you get in the moment and then they're vibing off of you really quickly, you can turn it into a good interview, meaning you can make the interview good. You can make the applicant appear good if you're an excellent storyteller, so please be careful on that. And now the last tip here on interviewing and probably the most important one, practice. This takes time to get good at. It's a science and an art all mixed into one as a conversation with human beings and you know how difficult and complex human beings can be. So practice doing interviews. How do you practice? You just go do them. So depending on the size of your company here, this answer will change and will move, but you should be doing at least one interview a week. Here's why. How many interviews does it take for you to find a good person? Maybe 10, right? You're going to do 10 interviews or meet 10 people before you find somebody that's capable. Doing one a week, that's 10 weeks. Do you need somebody today? I don't know. You probably do. That's why you're watching this video. Let's say you then hire them. Do you think you're going to need somebody in 10 weeks? It's a good chance you will. Whether the person you just hired doesn't work out, a person that's been working for you doesn't work out, or all of a sudden you get an explosion, a viral video, something happens to your business where you're scaling like crazy, 10 weeks from now is quite a long ways away when you start talking about human beings. Your most devoted person could all of a sudden want to move to Sweden. You don't know. You should be doing one interview a week. That way you have people on the wait that you've met. Okay. The other thing it's going to afford you is the practice. You're going to go through more than likely 10 interviews with people that are not fit for the job. It's about you 
not them to some extent. You need to get that practice so you can find your voice and you can get good at this. Getting good at interviewing, in my opinion, is the only, the only way to be sure that you can create a culture and a company that can scale. The only way. If you get through the interview and they're not the right fit, that's okay. Not everybody is. Maybe you do know a place where they do fit better. You got a buddy that's a lawn care guy or a moving company. You've got somebody that needs help where they're not a client facing person because the person was quiet or not engaging. Million different options here, but because they're not right for you, doesn't mean they're a bad person. It just means they're not right for you. Maybe you know a place they are right for. Okay, now finally, we get to important note number three, know what you've got. The interview is an audit. Be sure to get an accurate audit. Do you have somebody that is high potential but low experience? Maybe somebody that's younger, maybe somebody's never been in your industry but has the pieces that you can build with. Are they high experience but low potential? Meaning they are what they are, they've been in this industry a long time and you can bring them right in and they'll fit right in and they'll do the job that they've been doing for the last 20 years. Or do you have somebody that might be a bullshitter, a little bit of a storyteller? Do you have somebody that's just not real open, very short, very brief? Whatever it is that you've got, you need to know what you've got. And I cannot stress that enough. I actually have a saying that I use rather frequently, which is, as long as I know what I've got, I'm a happy camper. And what that means is, if I know what I have in that person, their strengths, their weaknesses, their motivations, their, their natural tendencies, then I know I can go put them into place, into work where they're going to work best and not go try to put them where they don't fit. As long as I know what I got, I can go work with it. That's the point of the whole entire interview. In the early days when you're hiring your first employee, you probably need a miniature you, somebody that's good at everything. They can do the work, they can talk to the clients, they're good with computers, they know how to run a camera, da -da 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 -da. Okay. As you scale, you get a little more specific and you get a little bit more, I'll say it like this, hiring gets actually a little easier because they don't have to be the miniature you. They're not going to be the jack of all trades, but you come across the jack of all trades and you know what you got. You know, this person can start to ride shotgun with you and you can build them up. You get somebody that is just a creative that doesn't like interacting with people. That's cool too. You stick them in that and let them go crazy, they'll be happy as a clam, and so will you because they'll outperform everybody on your team creatively because that's their strength and that's where you put them. Know what you've got. Get an accurate audit in that interview. All right, now let's finish this interview up. So after they leave is when you then start to take your notes. Like a miniature journal entry almost, okay? You're going to just write out kind of what your feelings are what you noticed in them, that kind of stuff. Just wherever the pencil flows, you go. Then you can start to almost measure them on the scale of things that your company culture needs or that you want for your company. So how do they shape up on your list of the company culture? How do they shape up on your strengths? How do they shape up on your weaknesses? Where do they fit in there? And you can really start to analyze how that interview went after they're gone. You don't have to make any crazy decisions while they're face to face. You do your notes afterwards. 
The other reason taking those notes after the interview is so effective, it keeps you from hiring people in the interview. Don't ever do that, ever, never. It makes you appear desperate. They will come in with a preemptive notion that you need them or that they are privileged. The wait period between the interview and hiring them creates some professional animosity. It creates some tension, some drama, if you will. They get the job, they're happy. You can call them later that day if you want to, but please don't hire them in the interview. It makes things messy very easily. After you take all those notes, do me a favor and listen to your gut. Your gut will know if they're a right fit or if it's not. You just had a 30 to 60 minute conversation with this person. You just heard stories. You just probably told stories. You should know. Your gut will know. So my favorite exercise at this point is after I'm done writing the notes on our conversation, I will literally close my eyes and picture them in a few different places. I picture the applicant working right alongside me. How are things going? Do they work fast enough for me? Because I like to work fast. Are they hard working? I just had a 30 to 60 minute conversation with this person. I should be able to create a movie in my head of how things are going to go when they're working alongside of me. And then I just listen to my body. I listen to the chemicals in my body. Do I get happy? Do I get proud? Do I get apprehensive? Your gut will know as you picture the movie in your head of them working with you. Picture them in any other place you think is important. Working with a client without you. How does that conversation go? How, what is the trust level like? Working in your warehouse all alone without you. Can you trust them there? Do you think they're gonna be dinking around on their phone or are they gonna be actually working? You are building the movie in your head and analyzing everything that's going on in your head with that movie to kind of give your gut the chance, okay? We did a lot of analytical stuff with asking our questions and having back and forth banter. Now you're gonna go a little bit art with it and figure out in your head if they're a good fit. Give your gut the chance to weigh in on the hiring decision. All right, there we go. That is how you hire the right employees. Number one, know what you're looking for. Number two, the interview is crucial. Number three, know what you've got. So please drop some comments. Let me know how your interviews go. Let me know how your recruiting is going. Let me know how many employees you need to hire and tell me how this helped you. Ask any questions. I answer every single comment. You guys can also get me over on Instagram, Nick O Glass. I answer every single DM I get and I answer them all thoughtfully. No, you're never bugging me. Please DM me all your questions. And then of course, if I brought you any inspiration today or any knowledge at all that's gonna help you, please subscribe. It would mean the world to me. And then uh, we'll see you later. We'll see you in the next one. So peace out. Love you guys. Later.